in this peaceful town, on these quiet streets, something terrifying, something horrifying is coming. Excuse me, we're closed. Get away from me! What the hell was it? A wild animal? This is really awful. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. What? You know, the undead. Ghouls. You look gorgeous. Oh my. Are you in this together? Flesh-eating zombies. Don't joke, it's really, really creepy. Oh, man. This isn't gonna end well. When I was a boy, I thought I they gravitate towards things they did when they were alive. Coffee. Chardonnay. Did she just say Chardonnay? Yeah, she did. Welcome to my world, zombies. I've been telling you this is all gonna end badly. Well, that's unfortunate. I'm quite confident of my ability to defend myself against the undead. I can see that. Excuse me. Those are some pretty good cuts. You played some minor league ball, didn't you? Well, um, a little class A. It was a long time ago. Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about a horror movie, and we will spoil that horror movie. We will uh, try to not spoil recently watched. No big promises. Um, (laughs) It's like mild spoilers. Uh, uh, If it's too old, Will's just going to tell you you should have seen it by now. And, you know, he's not wrong. Uh, There's other rules besides the Barnes limit. There's... There's got to be like the... Uh, oh, yeah. There's probably half a dozen at least. Yeah. That that are your own personal uh, way of living. Yeah. So the studio doors Another open. Another one is, uh, you know, uh, if I start a movie and I'll stop it. Yeah. Like yeah. this train does not stop. Yeah. Um, the, the dogs may be coming and going because we have the studio door open. I thought I should mention that. And is that fan making any noise? It's a low hum. Yeah, well, it's just... It gives it some spaceship yeah. ambiance. Sure, that'll come into play later. Um, thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Amazon or iTunes, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon Dash Rays. And uh, 
I think um, I think they had some of their stuff for sale on vinyl. Uh, it popped up as an Instagram ad, and uh, it's a 200 gram vinyl limited edition. I'm sure it vinyl is. Vinyl is taking off, or yeah, has taken off again. It's back in a big way. Yeah, sell more than CDs or cassettes. Digital <laughs> cassettes are deader than fried chicken. Yeah, so <laughs> cassettes have made a comeback in Britain. What the hell is that about? Yeah. You remember when I asked Ziggy, are you just being a little hipster with your VHS tapes? And she's mm. like, no, <laughs> get them at the she's thrift at, store. She's ahead of the curve. You stay behind the curve long enough. Yeah, that's right. It'll lap back around yeah. on you. So guys, um, we saw something new and we're going to get into that. But since we did this last, did you watch anything? Will, I know you had a road trip. Uh, well, I didn't watch The Dead Don't Die. Oh, good. This is great. <laughs> I I got confused. I thought we were going to go watch that tonight. Oh, shit. <laughs> so. Uh, do you want to watch the preview? I saw the preview. Oh, okay. So you know, you know essentially what happens. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> so maybe, when did you guys go? Uh, we all went separate. I mean, we both went separately. I went yesterday, last oh, night. Oh, okay. I went last night. I didn't go. You didn't oh, go you didn't either. go either? Did <laughs> you also think we were going <laughs> yeah. tonight? Oh. I thought we were going as a group, and, and then uh, oh. then this weekend I just got too busy. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought, was yeah. that we, we were going to go this weekend, and then it was too busy for everyone, and we were going to go Monday night. Oh, no. And so I was confused when I called you earlier, and you were like, well, I'll pick up Jolene, and then I'll go get you. Yeah. I was going to go to Pride Fest yesterday, and then just go straight to the theater, but didn't work out <laughs> oh. oh yeah i had to work all weekend so oh man right. so uh so i get to play talk show host and and uh and, and uh, quiz you guys and see if uh the stuff i'm telling you uh is made up <laughs> or actually occurred in the movie yeah okay um should we talk about something else well we didn't watch anything else well i, I reckon like uh shows are about an hour to an hour and a half yeah and we usually spend about 10 minutes talking about the actual movie we're supposed to talk about sure so we're not you know we're only losing 10 minutes yeah that's probably true yeah and uh you know what we could do if you want is uh i i don't mind you spoiling it okay i, I you know normally i wouldn't want to spoil anything on anybody here um what are some uh well, first, let's do recently watched. Then I've got a couple of questions before we talk about the dead don't die. Um, and those are dog toenails. I'm just going to point out nah. noises. It's, it's the dead rap rapping at the door. <laughs> it's it's a good foley artist who does post production for us. Uh, and then a galloping horse. Um, so, what you watch since we did this last? Um, boy, that was a long time ago. Um, yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, what you guys watch last week? Uh, we watched Tremors. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. We had his his friend uh, Paul. Paul, yeah, Paul yeah, he's, yeah, very he's, nice. He's really good. Did you listen to that? I'm not. Okay. Yeah, it's a good good episode. We talked for a long time. Oh, yeah, I love Tremors. Tremors was good, and then you see Kevin Bacon now, and he's just like he's doing all these dramatic roles, and he's playing all these creepy hillbillies and and weirdos. It's great. Yeah. Um. So uh, this was close to your area, isn't it, where you grew up? Uh, no, it, I think that takes place like in it? Nevada. Yeah, but, is but it, it's sort of similar of like environment. That. Yeah, especially the rocks that they jump to and from mm-hmm. at the end to stay away from the graboids. Or pole vault. Uh, or pole vault. Um, there's a place uh, 
near where I grew up called City of Rocks. It's a lot like that. It's mm. just big stones out there. It's something volcanic. The I don't want to go into the geology there, but that's <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, that always reminded me the end of Tremors, mm-hmm. and pretty pretty barren. Maybe not quite that barren. All right, but uh, pretty close. Um, so what are the predators there, if if not giant sandworms, or graboids as they graboids? Yeah, uh, what might come get you? Where you lived, anyway. Scorpions. We have scorpions. Rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes. You ever see one in person? Rattlesnakes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. They're pretty common. Yeah. Uh, scorpions, not so much. Do rattlesnakes, if you don't, like, startle them, sneak up on them, do they pretty much just get away from you? Yeah, pretty much. They only rattle if they're scared of you and they're trying to scare you away. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, they're pretty docile, to be honest. Yeah. They don't go after you. Um, I have tarantulas, but they're harmless. Are they? Yeah. Do they bite at all? Well, the, the I imagine hairs, they... hairs can irritate you very... The hairs can irritate you. They can bite you, and it's supposed to be a, a dirty, nasty bite. Uh-huh. They don't have any venom, really, to that'll affect you. Just normal spit. Yeah, so it's just that they're kind of dirty. Yeah. So... Dirty to the core. Yeah. So, but we always left them alone. You know, uh, yeah, they well, come out when it rains, yeah, or before it rains. They they just have a real cool policy of, uh, you know, I don't mess with you, you don't mess with me. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of mythology that seems to you know a lot of reputation that seems to go with rattlesnakes and tarantulas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's supposedly Gila monsters there, but I've never seen one. They're very oh. toxic, aren't they? Yeah, but again, they they really have to bite you mm-hmm. a lot before they'll break the skin and it'll really affect you. Man. Um, I don't know. Probably the most dangerous thing is the hantavirus spread by mice. Yeah. Maybe the plague. They still have the plague in New Mexico. Damn. Although that's typically northern New Mexico. I would say meth heads are probably the, the <laughs> most dangerous thing. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And that's just a, you know, I don't know anything specifically about New Mexico and meth problems, but I assume because it's a state with people in it uh, that there's probably a major meth problem. New Mexico. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, pretty it's much. It's on the signs when you go in. Welcome it is. Welcome to New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> it's spray painted on there. <laughs> Like so many dystopian movies. <laughs> Murder capital of the world. Yeah. Population Pop- zero. Population's got a ticker on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did I watch? I watched Phenomena. Yeah. A uh, John Argento Tra- movie. John Travolta movie. <laughs> no, Argento. Okay. And Jennifer Connelly. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. Um, you never was, heard of it? No. Uh, somehow I had missed that one. Oh. I was like, wow. It was it was a nice surprise to be scrolling through Amazon Prime and see an Argento was film. Was it a good looking one? Yeah, it looked pretty good. Um, so I watched that one. Yeah, I highly recommend, recommend it. 
It, it, that was it's like that's when his film still had some really good bits in it. Yeah, and then some really goofy stuff. <laughs> it reminded me of an Italian comic book because like Dylan the, Dog. Yeah, that very thing. Like some of it was very serious mm-hmm. and good, and then other parts were just kind of goofy and, and out there. Groucho Marx turns up. Yes, exactly. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'll go along with this. There's a. <laughs> There's a chimpanzee with a razor. Yeah, I didn't mind that. <laughs> all that ridiculous stuff is when the when he used actual heavy metal songs in it. It's just like, it, yeah, it's kind of naff. It's kind of spoiled it for me. I could see. I, that. I like those bands, but it just didn't work. Yeah, the soundtrack. Um, I could see that. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. It yeah, was a lot of fun. Oh, that, that that last what, ten minutes or so where it's just like monkey with a razor. Yes. Pit of worms. It's just Pit stuff of worms. gets thrown at you. Uh, troll child. Troll <laughs> child. Have you seen this one? No. Oh, I'll, I'll, said, I'll lend you the Blu-ray. It, well, it's on Prime. It looks good. It's a it good sounded, copy. It sounded like you were just shouting out uh, suggestions to an improv group. Yeah. <laughs> Monkey with the razor. Yeah. and that, we, Yeah, we won't mention anything else, but there's, lo- there's lots more. Oh, oh yeah. Good. Good. A lot crazy more. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And Jennifer Connelly is just. She's great in it. It's like the same time uh, Labyrinth, Labyrinth came yeah. out. Yeah. So maybe right before, right after, I couldn't tell you. And the way she's shot, she's just like uncannily beautiful. Mm hmm. Looks amazing. That is, yeah. That That's selling it right there. And, uh, you know, uh, it's Argento, so. Yeah, one of his daughters, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, dude. No. But still. Um, he needs to stop it. So, and it takes place at a girls' school, which <laughs> seems to happen in a lot of these movies. Yeah. Um, so it led me to try to watch something. Oh, my God. Now I can't remember the title. Anyway, I broke the Barnes rule that I had just laid out before. I stopped three movies. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that I found. Um, now I'm not, I can't even remember them. But uh, one of them was so bad, Amazon actually stopped <laughs> and kicked me out after about 10 minutes. And it was, we, we can't do this to you. It was like, wow, okay, that movie was, it was the first one. So I didn't feel as bad when the second one was something called The Other Hell. That was Oh, yeah, yeah. The Nuns. exploitation movie and it was just it got to the last 10 minutes that is good oh see i should have stuck around because i watched more of that and i was like oh Oh, just skip skip the rest this isn't very good and then um i watched something called voodoo dolls or tried to and it was another it was in the 90s it may have been shot on film but i think somebody then shot the film with a video because it was a weird transfer and there's something else I watched in like the the bottom of the screen had that uh, had not a tracking problem, but that wobble that the the tapes yeah, would get. Yeah. Um, so they transferred it from tape. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed up really late and really late for me. It's like ten thirty, but I stayed up to like eleven thirty watching some terrible film called Nightmare, where. Uh, uh, guys in a psychiatric hospital they give him some experimental drugs say he's cured let him go he goes on the road to kill some family in Florida uh, you figure out the twist I'm not going to give it away 
So you figure out the twist pretty early, and it wasn't good, but I just kept going. I've gone through three movies before I got to this. This is the fourth movie. I finally picked something. I'm going to stay with it till the (laughs) end. And (laughs) about maybe two-thirds of the movie through, you go, "Mm, yeah, I figured out the twist. And Mm -hmm. you're like, when is the shoe going to drop? When Mm -hmm. are they going to reveal it? And... uh, and then it happens, you're like, oh, finally. And then maybe two, three minutes go by and it's over. Right. <laughs> Stayed up way too late. Um, I also watched one called Enigma, which was a mm-hmm. Fulci right. uh, movie. It was. Is that on Prime as well? That one's on Prime as well. I think that may be the one that had a, a weird wobble at the bottom of the picture, like they had shot it from a videotape. Yeah. Um,. It was pretty tame for a Fulci movie, I thought. This one of his, his later ones. Mm-hmm. This one. Yeah, it was nineteen eighty-eight, I want to say, or something. Eighty-six, yeah. maybe. It's this one is there's like a, a nightmare scene with zombies in it in a in a crematorium. Is that the one? Yes. Yeah. 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 I saw that one. Um. The, yeah, the nightmare scenes are pretty. The fun. nightmare scenes, but like yeah, the, the eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course. It's his birthday today, by the way. Yes. Lucio Fulci. I was going to say, it's his, his birthday. Lucio Fulci and Barry Manilow. And Wally Wood. Wally Wood as well? Yes. Really? And Art Bell. Huh. And my wife. Oh. Well, <laughs> happy birthday to her. Yeah. So Art Bell. Yeah. Rest his soul. Rest his soul. Um, and then I watched something called... I watched a lot. A lot more than I usually do. Uh, Night Caller from Outer Space. Have you seen this one? Is this John Saxon? Yes. Yeah. Oh, really? It was like a quarter mass, quarter mass mm-hmm. uh, sort of deal. Right, not as smart. Not as smart, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, a plot point involves a magazine called Bikini Girl. Huh. <laughs> but it seems like all the subscribers to it are young women. Interesting. I wouldn't think they would go for m- <laughs> Bikini Girl, but... It was a different time. It was a different time, yeah. Huh. And, uh... I don't know. It was okay. It was a total B-movie. Yeah, you know? I'll, I'll sit through a John Saxon movie. Yeah, I'll watch John Saxon, because yeah. he's good in anything. Sure. Uh, even, uh... Enter, enter the Dragon. <laughs> I was going to say Mitchell. <laughs> we can't, we're not allowed to make fun of Enter the Dragon for any reason. No, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Um, in fact, I did one of these, I don't know if it was this year or another recent year. I chose that as my New Year's Day. Yeah, I think it was this year you did. It was, huh? Yeah. So what else? Uh, I think that's probably it, other than some episodes of American Greed. Because oh. I'm delighted by cons ripping off greedy rich people oh, it's sad funny. when they steal money you know from some elderly couple that right didn't understand it and now they have nothing but when it's somebody who's like yeah what's a million right and some lady on there like yeah he took me for like four million dollars yeah but what's four million dollars you're like yeah well, you deserve <laughs> to lose four million dollars yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and they're always some scammy thing that's you're like why would you fall for that or you go isn't that legal isn't that how other companies do. I know yeah. Uber hasn't made a profit yet, and they're like $19 million in the hole. What's the difference between Uber and a Ponzi scheme at this point? Huh, that's a good point. I just shot Uber, and we're not going to be sponsored by Uber now. Yeah. Sorry, guys. That would be great. 
Um, I do wonder that sometimes, like how do, how do these big companies always appear to be losing money? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know. Is it creative accounting like Hollywood does? That's what I assume. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah, never take a job where they say, I will pay you percentage of the profits. Oh, yeah. Because those profits can disappear off the books. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I think Return of the Jedi's never turned a profit. Yeah, that's because uh, creative accounting. Yeah, that sounds like nonsense, doesn't it? Uh huh. Jolien, what about you? Is that, is that it? I believe that's it. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll shout out. I if, think uh, uh, a, a recommendation of something that you saw on Amazon Prime, uh, Killer Workout. Oh yes. Yeah. So I thought, all right, I'll check that one out. It sounds great. Nineteen eighty-seven. Uh huh. Uh, it looks earlier. Not, not a good a year for anything. <laughs> no, Predator uh, came out. I think. AKA Aerobicide. Better title. Uh, this is directed by David A. Pryor. Oh fuck, David A. Pryor. <laughs> I don't think I know him. Oh, um, I've seen a couple of his films now. Stars Ted Pryor, who's the brother of yes, who David was Pryor. in uh, he was in, in the Chippendales. Oh, I was going to say he's in a movie, and now I can't think of the title now. Uh, he's in those ones that haunted video shows of semi-cyborg muscle yes. men. He plays a guy in little cut-off shorts <laughs> who's <laughs> taking the trash out, and he's kidnapped. And taken to some place out in the woods where they hunt men for sport. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah. like, beats the hell out of everybody. <laughs> there were so many versions of uh, The Most Dangerous Game came out. Yes. Right. Everybody thought that was a clever story. I did, too, in seventh grade. I was like... Oh. <laughs> well, it works, you know. Yeah, it works. It's, it's a good great. setup. Yeah. yeah. Why not? They did that one on Fantasy Island before any of those movies. Oh, did they? They did. It was Hervé Villachez hunting people? <laughs> <laughs> With a slingshot. Fuck, I want to see that. Yeah, I think it might have been the pilot because it came across really sinister. Mm. And that Mr. Rourke was actually, uh, you know, sort of a, a, a villain. And then, of course, he became all benevolent and occasionally he would wag his finger at you and tell you, you should have learned a lesson. Yeah. And everybody's all clean and cheery and bright and getting back on the plane to leave the place by the end of it. Yeah. And I think their original idea for Fantasy Island was a lot more doomful. Ooh, I like it. I, yeah. I think we need a gritty reboot. Yeah. Oh, I did remember something else. I will talk about it later. Okay. Sure. So, I can mention it real quick. I watched The Dirt. Oh, yeah. How, was I right? Was the guy who played Mick Mars just so... He was great. He was so put upon. The whole thing was pretty good. Yeah. Even though it was stupid as hell. Yeah. But I'm going to say right now, Netflix, if they're not putting out a show based on Ozzy Osbourne in 1984, oh as God. played by the guy who played Ozzy Osbourne in the film, yeah, they're just, they're missing out. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy was constantly in the news back then. Oh, they all were, I remember. And being a fan of his, um, like I remember hearing that singer Ozzy from Black Sabbath is going solo. And, and we were excited. We're like, hell yeah, let's see what he does. And he couldn't get along with the guys in Black Sabbath because he was too crazy. Let's see what he does when he's like let off the leash. And uh, yeah, he, he he didn't fail to deliver. There was always yeah. some arrest or some antics on stage. I mm-hmm. saw him in concert two or three times. Oh, very nice. Uh, one of which, if you remember my story, I left because of the uh, <laughs> accidental LSD dosage. But Oh. Did I not tell the story? 
I'll, I'll, Maybe it's, you did. It's a, it's a good story. Oh yeah, I'll revisit it another time. Basically, <laughs> I could see with my eyes closed. Oh yeah. And Blue Oyster Cult was freaking me out because they were too washed up. Ooh. And then by the time Ozzy got on stage, it looked like a stained glass window. And I said, this is bullshit. I'm getting out of here. And then you found yourself alone. <laughs> I found myself in a carnival. Wow. And then finally back at the car where I waited for my friends. But it was horrible. I thought you said you did, You found yourself like the last one in the arena. And... No, no, that, no. That was someone else. That's okay. some other story from some other person. No, I, I looked at the girl I was with and I said... I need to get out of here. No. (laughs) And she's the one that accidentally dosed me. Oh, accidentally. She did. Accidentally. I I, I definitely believe that. Don't listen to this story. Back to Jolene. What did you watch? (laughs) That story's better if it's told in long form. Yes, it's a good story. Uh, Killer workout. All right. Um, Yes. Yes. So you've got Ted Pryor, who is in the Chippendales and Playgirl. And you've got a safety pin killer. Yep. And... uh, I, I found this film, uh, it was not good to watch, and it was not good to listen to, uh, but it was good for a workout. Oh. <laughs> um, did it? Did you decide to work out instead of watching the rest yeah, of it? Yeah, it was just, um, I, I, you know, I, I could exercise while watching it. Okay. So that got me through it. All right. I should have tried the same, because yeah, I was having uh, difficulty staying awake. I can only take so many aerobic scenes and just close-ups of butts and yes it's just <laughs> god yeah that gets old um all right uh here's one i've been uh looking I, for for a long time i also thought the reveal in that movie was uh while it, when it happened you were like hmm. Yeah, you sure. You were just kind of like, sure, okay. <laughs> or maybe you didn't even notice it i was kind of questioning myself like did I see? Okay, it's it's yeah, it's that. Yeah, uh, but I could see how a lot of people might miss it, and they'd have no real solution at yeah. the end. It was just kind of like you don't an care. afterthought. <laughs> yeah, you don't care by that time. Uh, so I I I watched uh, Old Dracula. Um, Old Dracula is the U.S. release name for a movie called Vampira. Hmm. Uh, this was made in 1973. But when they released it over here, they double billed it with Young Frankenstein, so they called it Old oh. Dracula. Oh, because it's another horror comedy, and uh, this one stars David Niven as Count Dracula. David Niven as Dracula. Yep, and he's always charming. Uh, Teresa Graves as Vampira, and then you've got a whole bunch of uh, British com- comedians you recognise, you know, as people who are in the Carry On series and so on. So you've got uh-huh. Bernard Breslau as Pottinger. Uh, and then you've got like, various Hammer regulars. Uh, Veronica Carlson turns up as Ritva. Uh, Freddie Jones plays Gilmore. Linda Hayden plays Helga. Um, so the, the plot is uh, Dracula samples guests who come to his castle. Uh, and, uh, and one night the guests happen to be a, a group of Playboy models who are doing a photo shoot at the castle. Hmm. And so when they're sleeping, he uh, he samples the blood because he's looking for the blood that will revive Vampira. Hmm. And uh, the uh, the sample he he takes this night happens to be from Rose, who is a black woman. Thus, as scientists will tell you, turning Vampira black too. 
Yes, I believe that science does <clears throat> check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. It only takes a, it only takes a few drops, and there you go. Uh, so that's not the worst uh, bit black joke that's in the movie. Really? <laughs> so this movie's just more than a little racist. I don't think it's racist. Well, it, I, you you count as racist. It's it's just so stupid. Okay. <laughs> it's like um, racism is stupid, but um, this movie I, I think it's it's not being hateful it's just being really you know isn't this funny that these white characters have turned black oh yeah um so uh vampire when when they go to london she goes and sees a a a jim brown movie called uh, black gun and suddenly she goes from being a you know because she when she uh, went into her comatose state she was in the 1920s she was a flapper and then, uh, then she goes to see this Jim Brown movie called Black Gun, and and she's she gets all hip <laughs> and caught up to date, and uh, it, it's really unfunny, as you might guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the closest I got to laughing was a quiet <laughs> at one point when um, they get to London because they're, they're traveling, and he has a he has a travel coffin. There's this kind of collapsible soft mm. thing that you can like, unfold, and it's this like kind of cool looking transportable coffin well, that's nice so uh um so vampire comedies pre what we do in the shadows were tended to be poor right i can't think of a funny one <clears throat> no there there probably weren't a lot old mother riley meets the vampire and the fearless vampire killers i don't don't find either of those funny no fearless vampire killers is a terrible movie um this has got um, a good song in it vampire by the majestics hmm. and uh the woman who plays vampire is fun Huh. Um, I think she was on. She was on, she was on one of those sat- satirical comedy shows. But um, yeah, so uh, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the box. That yeah. was the blurb. I saw this. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, the color out of space. Um, this is a, a recent adaptation. Uh, there's been like three or four of these. I think this Lovecraft story. Yeah. Uh, this is a German one called uh, Die Farbe, and it's directed by uh, 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 Juan Vu, who's a Vietnamese German, I think. Um, so this is like, uh, so it's, uh, it's all set in Germany. It's uh, uh, The story is mostly related to a modern-day American who goes back to um, Germany in search of his World War II uh, medic father. And uh, so he's 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 in somewhere in southwest Germany, somewhere Bavaria sort of mm-hmm. area, out out in the rural areas, and and uh, and then from from that point on, it's it's pretty close to the story. You have a, a meteorite falls, and uh, a community is transformed. And, uh, and being in Germany during you know the the Nazi period, you, it takes on an added sort of layer Ooh, of okay. meaning. You know, it doesn't it doesn't do anything. Ex- at all explicit in that sort of direction, but you, you kind of get that idea. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's really well done. It, it's a very uh, low budget movie, but it's shot in black and white, apart from when the, the actual color itself starts turning up. Um, uh, I found there's a bit too much CG in the final third, um, but you know, it's always the case in Lovecraft movies, you know. Yeah. 
this is what the delicious hinting and then when they finally start revealing stuff it's always disappointing but um, mm-hmm. if you liked um, like Call of Cthulhu and, mm-hmm. um, the cheaper Lovecraft films and it's, uh, yeah. I, I recommend this one uh, and then the last thing I saw was uh, Attraction which is uh, a Russian science fiction movie from a couple of years ago Pritsa uh, Zhenya this is directed by Fyodor Bondichuk who is the son of Sergei Bondichuk who did that awesome War and Peace movie in the 60s um, uh, and this one is like uh, it's pretty top heavy um, there's this huge spacecraft which gets damaged and then when it comes into uh, the Earth's atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, they send up jets and they shoot it down but they, <laughs> they shoot it down over Moscow <laughs> <laughs> so you have this huge spaceship just comes crashing down through all these like apartment buildings it's, it's really well done I like that it's just immaculate special effects um, but that's like it's just so awesome and then after that you get stuck with this dumb bunch of teens who are trying to like uh, you know salvage and sell stuff and, and kill any aliens they find mm. and then the army cordons it off and like the army the guy who's in charge of the, the army is the most sensible guy in the movie um, which is different uh, to usual science fiction things yeah mm-hmm. and uh, but you know his daughter's involved in it and uh, uh, but there's some really cool uh, like designs in it and uh, you, you get you get a bit of spectacle at the end but you know the big the big scenes the the opener yeah that's it yep yep yep. Uh, okay well recently watched for me because we had paul on the show last week um he mentioned that he had watched the miniseries on hbo chernobyl so i decided Mm. um having remembered some of the uh aftermath of that in the news and and that stuff where i was working in the deli and saw them taking the I was living in Europe at the time. Oh man, that must have been yeah. really scary because that's your because that they, the first they knew about it was when it hit Sweden, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's on its way. Yeah, holy crap! Um, and for me, it was just like seeing evidence of it all the way in Chicago by fact of they were removing one out of the, the case of six. They were removing one of the hams out from the um, the Polish hams to be tested for radiation. Mm. And that Did was find any. They never told us, oh. <laughs> but you could take the other five and slice them up, you know, and have your hands on it and put it into little, you know, little bags and sell mm-hmm. it to people. Uh, it was the expensive stuff. So um, they always wanted it sliced nice and thin, giving all those. You don't have any children, do you? No, I don't. No. Not that I'm aware of anyway, <laughs> but uh, um, the dogs aren't deformed. <laughs> well. <laughs> well, yeah, the, that's a whole other story. The, the, the dogs, each in their own way, are a little deformed. But um, anyway, um, so Chernobyl is, uh, I think we're three or four episodes in, and it's, of course it's dark, um, and the subject matter is heavy, and you're seeing some stuff that is gruesome, you know, as far as radiation damage to people who were right there when it happened. Um totally worth a watch if if you if you like something that's drama with that kind of you know high stakes like shit's got to get done Mm. or when that thing when the core melts down and goes into the earth then even worse things are going to happen and uh the one of the things they described was you know once the water supply is contaminated it'll be that way forever and it's like forever yeah that's a mighty long time (laughs) so anyway um I haven't gotten through to the end of it yet, but um, 
it, it's it is definitely worth a look, and I can say that three episodes in. Um, Halloween 2018, I rewatched it because being on somebody's HBO account, um, HBO Go or whatever it's called, uh, I was able to um, kind of scroll through like, well, what what movies are playing on HBO right now? And I saw that Halloween 2018 was playing, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? It's been long enough. Um, it's been like eight or ten months since we saw it. Um, I'm going to give it another look. And I think I liked it better on the rewatch and was maybe less critical or less aware of the fan service. Uh, I was able to enjoy some of the moments of peril and, you know, some of the, you know, the terror that the uh, that the people, the characters were experiencing. And... Uh, I still can't get past Laurie Strode is living in the booby-trapped house and is acting like a complete nut. Uh, I would think she would have a better grasp on reality and maybe the house would be less gadgety. But it was pretty gadgety. But she, you know, you remember that? She had all those walls that slammed mm-hmm. down and cordoned off different rooms. Yeah. And then she, you know, spoilers for Halloween 2018, but she turns the place into a trap for Michael Myers. Yeah, then she has a glass front door. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I remember thinking that was so stupid, but then it was because her, I guess it was her daughter's husband, I think is the one that was like, oh, there's a cop car out front. Duh. Unlocks the door and goes out there to mm-hmm. ask him if they've seen anything. And it turns out that there's two dead cops in the cop car and then Michael Myers kills him. And then he, that's how he gets in the house. Yeah. Well, that's how that's how the front door is open. And then the way he gets in the house is by smashing through the glass and making his way in. But man, there are so many little things that if they just done differently, it would have been a better movie. They didn't screw it up entirely. I'll give them that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it better the second time. Yeah. Um, there's, there's always going to be things that we can criticize. Uh, but if you look at how much Ziggy really loved that movie, Mm. Uh, compared to she doesn't love the original as much Mm. and that's you know not her era and maybe she doesn't care but um anyway uh young people probably like the new one better and us old guys like the old one better i don't know uh maybe we could hear from some young people who said no i like the old one better uh i did um and and and, I, and of course i went and saw the dead don't die and we and we had some confusion as to when and how we were going to watch this uh, so one out of the three of us have seen it, yeah, which is great. Um, so anyway, uh, what I also wanted to mention was Saturday, um, I had a, an event that was, uh, adjacent to HearstCon here in Denver called, uh, Morbid Curiosities. And that's a, just a little vendor expo kind of attached to the car show where all these people with hearses from, <clears throat> from far and wide come here to Denver and they have a car show. Um, yeah, the vendor event went well, <clears throat> and I promised Jolie and I would tell him when Are I, any of these hearses uh, currently used. I don't think any of them are used as hearses to haul dead bodies, at least not officially. Um, but they are uh, they are almost certainly all of that origin. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention about the show were you know of course it's going to be good people watching, and of course. I had, uh, you know, a few funny things I remembered, you know, conversations and then some old faces that I, you know, had seen before. 
uh, I was talking to these um, these attendees who were oh probably in their mid twenties, and uh, they were flipping through some of the uh, prints that I have available and. There's the Lost Boys, and one of them says, "Oh, this is my favorite vampire movie," and I said, "Well, you know, the same year that came out, uh, Near Dark, great vampire movie. You should see that one too. Bill Paxton, Lance Henriksen, so forth." And uh, so we're talking for a minute, and and he he just looks, you know, very casually but very matter of factly at me and says, "Well, we are vampires," talking about him and his friend who was standing there looking at other stuff on my table, and. Uh, I just kind of smiled and said, oh, all right, cool. All right, cool. <laughs> I mean, what do you say? Yeah. Because they were living a vampire lifestyle, judging by how they're dressed. But the show was during broad daylight. So, yeah. I, don't, I mean, would they burst into flames? Daywalkers. Uh, were they Were they, um, Were they? they vampires in, in, in name only for their, you know, well... Maybe they drink blood. In the Dracula novel, he walks around in the daytime. I guess that's true. Yeah, we did get a lot of that daylight stuff from the movies, but um, I just kind of thought I I should mention that, that there are actual vampires here in Denver. Or maybe they were visiting. Okay, like we can help. (laughs) Yeah. I know you're thinking the one thing about Denver you never could stand. (laughs) All the damn vampires. (laughs) Yep. Um, So I met some vampires and, and a little white chihuahua puppy and uh separately um <laughs> it wasn't named zoltan it was named bride of frankenstein okay yeah a great name and they had just gotten this puppy like that day which is great uh it was uh in a country western bar not during business hours during off hours so, so that was so you could have reenacted near dark you know yeah. it's fun yeah it's funny you should say that because that, that kept popping into my mind it's like Man, Severin would have just jumped over that bar over there and kicked someone in the neck, and oh man, it's a perfect setting. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I sold stuff to people, and um, you know, got some money, some walking around money. And nice. Then I've got oddities and curiosities in Chicago in July, and that's going to be awesome. I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to that one. Where is that? Chicago. Um, yeah. Well, it's outside Chicago. It's in Villa Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Um, it's, it's closer to O'Hare than it is actual Chicago and, yeah. and O'Hare is not anywhere near Chicago. Uh, they just like here with Denver international airport, they annexed a little skinny strip of land all the way out to the airport mm-hmm. so they could call it Denver, even though it ain't. Yeah. So, uh, all that being said, um, eventful weekend, um, you know, trying to finish projects here in the house and made time last night, uh, for a later showing of the dead don't die. And I guess we misunderstood about maybe going to it as a group. Yes. Because <laughs> we were originally going to try and do that, but then you had to work Sunday. Yeah. So I'm the only one out of the three of us who saw it. Yeah. <laughs> so what do, we, what do we do about that? Would you recommend it? Well, we'll, we'll do that part last. Um, first of all... Um, Is it Romero rules? There are a lot of Romero rules, yes. Uh, so when the movie opens, you see this uh, this cop car taking some twists and turns on a country road. And I leaned over to Kaylin and I said, Hey, look, they're doing the intro to night of the living dead. Mm. Totally. And, uh, it wasn't quite that. And there weren't any, Did they have the same like drop needle soundtrack. Uh, no, they didn't. They had this song called the dead don't die by this guy. Um, 
oh, what was his name? Uh, Sturgill Simpson, some country singer. Uh, anyway, uh, I think I think that was made for the movie. And uh, it's Bill Murray and Adam Driver uh, going out to check on some hermit, Hermit Bob or something. And um, it's uh, it's just one of those things where you're meeting the characters pretty quickly at the beginning. And so this hermit, who's kind of hiding in the edge of the woods, is played by Tom Waits. <laughs> and that's a cool thing. I mean, you know he's in it, but, you know, it's a cool thing to just see him on screen and go, oh, that's, that's Tom Waits. And you get some voiceover from him, so you're kind of hearing his thoughts, but it's sort of a narration at a few points in the movie. So you've got a theme song in this country song, The Dead Don't Die. And then you've got this narrator uh, that Tom Waits kind of serves that purpose. I'm going to pause and close that door. Well, not pause, but I'm going to close that door and then edit this out. Because I have a feeling we're going to be hearing the Ninja Warriors. Yeah, I can hear them. Yeah. Out there. And you shouldn't be able to hear ninjas. Yeah. No. But uh, they're loud ninjas. Yeah. We put a lot of pea grapple down. <laughs> that, that, uh, the uh, mansions in, in Japan, they had these like uh, hummingbird floors where they, the uh, the floorboards were set so that they'd make noise they creak. with people. Yeah. So there's no sneaking up on someone and assassinating them. Yeah. So, well, that was too interesting. I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> but, but I did close the studio door so we don't hear the TV. The TV keeps the dogs occupied. Well, yeah. distracted, because if there's that little wall of noise, then usually they think everything's normal and everyone's doing their thing. Uh, anyway, so we, we, um, we, meet, um, we meet this character, and apparently uh, uh, Farmer Miller uh, complained that one of his chickens was missing, and they think that you know, uh, Hermit Bob may have stolen it so he could cook it and eat it. And so there's a little exchange with them, and it moves on. You've got pretty much an ensemble cast. I mean, there's a few people you probably are less familiar with, but you have Bill Murray as uh, Chief Cliff Robertson, Adam Driver as Officer Ronnie Peterson, Tilda Swinton as Zelda Winston, <laughs> which is kind of a sound-alike, which I have to jump over to Rosie Perez as Posey Juarez. <laughs> The reporter. It's silly. Um, Chloe Savini is the other police officer. She's Mindy Morrison. Um, Steve Buscemi is Farmer Miller. And so um, that is pretty awesome because he's, yeah. he's kind of, uh, well, he's a red hat. And his hat doesn't say exactly the same thing as the red hats wear. It mm. says, keep America white again. <laughs> which it doesn't even as a sentence make any sense. Uh, Danny Glover is in it as Hank. Uh, Caleb Jones is Bobby Wiggins, and he's a kid who uh, runs this little convenience store, gas station, slash horror memorabilia shop. And and I'm thinking, okay, well, they show him in his shop, you know, at the gas station slash souvenir shop, and you see a Night of Living Dead poster, you know, kind of pretty much in the foreground. And a lot of odds and ends, and you can pick out a lot of things in the scene. <clears throat> and uh, I'm glad there's a small town that can support a horror memorabilia show. Well, you know, I guess maybe as long as he's selling gas to people who need to buy mm. it. Um, Iggy Pop and uh, Sarah Driver show up as the coffee zombies. Uh, Riza is the uh, UPS, except for it's WPS. WPS. <laughs> which is funny. Carol Kane is Mallory. Uh, Selena Gomez is Zoe, 
and um, you know, and uh, Larry Fessenden is in the movie as Danny Perkins, the guy who runs this little motel. So you've got a town that's uh, the sign says population like seven hundred something, and I don't know if that's in the uh, description, but um, because there's already, of course, a Wikipedia page up. Um, it's made about five and a half million already, and it's just opened. So maybe, I don't know what its budget is. But um, anyway, um, so the movie you know, takes you through uh, the small town, and you see that it is really a small town. And then when you see that the little welcome to sign, you see, oh, it's a really small town. Um, I lived in a small town for a while that was 6,000 people, and it was maybe actually 9,000 since, you know, the census hadn't been taken for years. Mm. That's not a lot of people. And Will, you know this. Mm-hmm. How, how big was uh, the town you lived in outside Las Cruces? Ten to 12,000 maybe. See, that's that's a metropolis compared to this place. 700, yeah. 700 and change? Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, the character that uh, that Adam Driver plays is not Joey Ramone, and that's the first flaw of the movie. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm not going to stop until... Uh, have, you, have you seen Black Klansman? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, he's great in that. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good actor. And, the, and there's a dad with his two sons behind us, and uh, one of them went, Kylo Ren, <laughs> as soon as he saw him on screen. And these mm-hmm. kids were like, you know, mid to late teens. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's how you know him. That's cool. <laughs> um, and then there is a little nod to Star Wars later in it. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, so we meet all these characters, and uh, and there there keeps popping up this thing about um, polar fracking and how it's you know maybe done something to the Earth's uh, spin on its axis, like it's maybe caused a shift on the axis, and that's why weird stuff is starting to happen. But um, uh, Hermit Bob noticed that you know some of the wildlife are acting weird, and then it's not getting dark; it's staying light, really, really late. And people's electronics are starting to act weird. So this is laying the groundwork for, okay, when the zombie thing finally happens, this is going to be why. And of course it is. Um, these aren't big spoilers, by the way, these, for you guys. I mean, you, you can still see this thing. The mood of this thing, it's funny because, you know, it's following some rules, but it does break the fourth wall a bunch. And mm. there's a part where um, Adam Driver's character, uh, Ronnie, uh, Officer Ronnie, uh he keeps saying, uh, oh, this, this, I've got a feeling this is going to end badly. And uh, so he, at, at some point, uh, he's confronted sort of by um, Chief uh, Robertson, Bill Murray. Uh, and he says, why do you keep saying that? Tell me why you keep saying that. You've been saying that all day. <laughs> and he says, because I read the script. He goes, what do you mean you read the script? He goes, well, Jim, let me see it. And then Bill Murray's like, well, he only let me see the pages that I'm, the scenes I'm in. And so that self-referential breaking the fourth wall thing was like... <laughs> just a little. It was a, it was just out of place for me. And uh, I've seen all of Jim Jarmusch's films, as far as I know. Yeah, I can't remember him doing that. He's never done that. But this is a comedy, and he is... I don't know if he's basically making fun of the people who are still watching zombie fiction in, in, in earnest, uh, or what he's doing because he's he's sort of paying homage and sort of respecting the genre and the subgenre uh because you know he's putting a lot of care into making the movie you know look creepy in places and all the special effects are good but 
I have to think uh, it's it could be twice as funny and half as silly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you see the, the two punk rockers who rose from the grave and stumbled into the diner after they, you know, eviscerate some people, then they want coffee. Yeah. And they're pouring coffee on their faces. Well, that's, you know, some pretty funny things that are played for laughs, but they look gory. Yeah. Iggy Pop looks gory without makeup, but <laughs> when you put zombie makeup on him. But, uh, and then I, I noticed something. This is weird. Um, just sometimes people in a scene, you kind of get an idea of their stature. I don't think he's very tall. No, he's tiny. Is he? Yeah. Man, it's so weird. Someone told me that about Henry Rollins, too. I don't know about Henry Rollins, but I know when I saw Iggy Pop. He's, yeah, I, was, I saw him with the Stooges. He's very, very. He's sp- probably my height, maybe shorter. Huh? You always so, expect everybody who's on a stage or in a movie to be six feet. Yeah. No. Or more. He's probably five six, five seven. Okay. But he has really long arms. <laughs> so that gives this illusion. So it gives this illusion of being kind of ape-like. <laughs> I was going to say a shaven orangutan. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, you know, the Detroit Zoo was missing an orangutan in 1947. <laughs> I'd buy that. I really would. <laughs> Man, the guy the guy invented stage diving and crowd surfing. He did. Yeah, he's he not going to harm yeah. anyone. No. <laughs> no. And if he gets in any trouble, he could just reach up and grab the lighting fixtures and pull himself free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. Well, in this movie, um, you meet these characters, and you're thinking, okay, they're laying groundwork, and uh, but when that apocalypse thing starts to happen, when it finally gets dark, and it starts to happen, um, I think the part where where you where you, I think for the second time, meet the kid with the gas station slash memorabilia shop. Um, I think it's the second or third time you see him in in his shop, that this car rolls up. And, of course, I lean over and I went, oh, now that's the Pontiac Le Mans right there. And uh, it's the 68 Pontiac Le Mans from Night of the Living Dead. It mm. is the car. Okay. And uh, it's a beautifully restored or or perfectly uh, preserved <laughs> 68 Le Mans. And it's being driven by Selena Gomez and her two shitty friends that are, they're all like, you know, 21 <laughs> however old they are i have no idea how old she is um and of course uh you'd think the kid at the counter would be jumping up and down and just like you know rising so he's and, got a night of living dead poster oh he recognizes the car okay and says as much and he goes uh something like really sweet ride it's very very romero-esque uh, or something like that and she goes I, I really admire your depth of film knowledge. I'm thinking, that is fucking 101 here. That mm. is not depth of knowledge. If you don't recognize the car from Night of the Living Dead when it's in front of you, and you're a fan of Romero, mm-hmm. then you have fallen down on the job. <laughs> you should clear out that memorabilia and just sell gas. Um, but uh, you've got this group of kids that are um, needing to get a room for the night, and they're going to stay at the, the motel that... Larry Fessenden's character rents. And there's some disagreement about, I think one of the kids says something about, uh, oh, is it like divided up into little bungalows like in Psycho? And then the kid behind the counter is just like, 
no, in Psycho, it's all it's all one motel. It's not divided into little bungalows. He kind of mocks him, and uh, so there was that. Um, so there were some cute things like that that happened. Um, we meet Tilda Swinton's character, and they've referred to her a few times. Zelda Winston, I think it was yeah, Zelda Winston. Um, she's uh, the new proprietor of the funeral home. And then there's a body that's going to be going to Potter's Field, so it's not going to be handled through the funeral home. And that's um, that's Carol Kane's character, uh, Mallory. And apparently she's just an old wino uh, who didn't have any money left because she drank it all. Um, she is in the extra cell at the jailhouse. And of course, you've seen the preview when she reanimates instead of coffee. She's after Chardonnay. <laughs> so that was kind of cute. And somebody figures out early on that, hey, that thing in zombie movies. Um, and in fact, I think Adam Driver's character, Ronnie, calls it early. That, uh, oh, I think it's going to be zombies. I think he says that. And then, of course, it is. Um, somebody mentions early on that, you know, we're going to have to kill the head. We're going to have to, you know, cut it yeah. off or, you know, whatever. Shoot it, beat it up. And... Uh, they end up having to do that to several people who they were friends with or closely acquainted with. Um, and I'm trying not to spoil too terribly much. Um, there are some surprises like uh, what something that happens with um, Zelda Winston later in the movie. The most peculiar thing about her is that uh, she has a samurai sword and uh, the back room, she's got a big gold Buddha. And then it shows a scene where she's... Um, practicing Bushido and just apparently is really good with a sword later in the movie of course she has to use it a lot and she's very very good at it uh, one of the most comical visuals in the movie is Adam Driver coming speeding up into a parking lot where the people were killed in the diner and he's in a smart car convertible and he is like he's got to be 6'2 or 6'3 yeah <laughs> He comes whipping into the parking lot and gets out of the car. And it's like, that just looks funny. There's a Simpsons where there's a really tall guy in a really small car. Yes. <laughs> it's that. And uh, um, something I didn't notice that Kalen pointed out to me was that uh, the three cops all have glasses. Hmm. And it's like, I noticed that they had glasses, but I didn't really, didn't really register to me that they all three had glasses. And... Um, and Chloe Savini is uh, she's uh, Mindy Morrison. Uh, she's got these cat eye glasses that are really cool. Adam Driver's glasses are really kind of 1960s retro, you know, black horn rim but wire bottom. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's something. But you know, there's probably not this much cop work to do in that town on a given day, and yeah. all of a sudden there's a zombie apocalypse. So. One of the critics, and I thought, well, I've got a few complaints and a few things I didn't care for in the movie, as far as, like I said, it could have been, you know, twice as funny and half as silly, mm. and maybe not the break in the fourth wall. Um, did they do that more than once? They did several times. Mm. And, and we all watched Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah. And there's plenty of humor in that. You know, like when the younger sister ends up devouring somebody's blood and yeah. and breaking the guitars sometime during the night. You know, just that sort of 
that sort of thing. Yeah. Where it's, it's funny, but it's, you know, it's also sort of stressful. Uh, anyway, um, the, uh, let's see, the only significance, this is, this is from the, uh, the critic, uh, let's see, let me get his name here for you first before I do this. It's, um, A.O. Scott. I don't know why A.O. doesn't want to use his first or middle name. You write for the onion. Uh, let's see. This is from the New York times. So I guess we could probably find out. Um, uh, he mentions, of course, that, you know, uh, they don't really necessarily dislike Farmer Miller, the Steve Buscemi character with the red hat. Not necessarily do they dislike him because of how he voted, but because he's a jerk and he's excessively attached to his own property rights. And uh, he does get along with Hank, who's, um, I think, the only black character in the movie, or one of. I think he might be the only. Um and the, of course, the polar fracking thing is is you know talking about environmental concerns and people uh, denying science because they keep having official statements from you know from uh, White House officials saying that that's nonsense and it's not true. Um, and this won't feel like when you see the movie, it won't feel like I've spoiled anything because you you would be expecting everything to happen. Um, he says. A.O. Scott says the only significant screams come from Savini's character who behaves as if she were in an actual horror movie. And uh, when when Driver's character, Ronnie, is confronted by gut score or mild unpleasantness, his stock response is yuck. And it's pretty funny how he says it and when he says it. Um, Jarmusch respects the genre without really committing to it. At several points, he plays he pays explicit homage to Romero's Night of the Living Dead. And these gestures are humble rather than presumptuous. More than 50 years after Romero set corpses walking, nobody really needs to update his vision or his canny diagnosis of modern pathologies. Um, zombies are just people, of course, reduced to a simple, insatiable, cannibalistic appetite. They're horrifying, but also strangely innocent, since they don't act out of evil motivations or through sinister conspiracies. It's also uh, easy and fun to kill creatures that are already dead, and that's the last stretch of The Dead Don't Die. It's full of decapitations and exploding skulls. So I won't spoil how it wraps up or one of the big uh, crazy reveals with uh, um, Tilda Swinton's character, Zelda Winston, because uh, there's some stuff that, you know, I don't want to ruin for you guys and our listeners will know what I'm talking about. Um, but the uh, the hint at um, consumerism or whatever that, uh, that happened in uh, Dawn of the Dead not hint at, but the blatant discussion of consumerism and, and where things are in our country and addiction to cell phones and people being attached to the things in, in, in their living uh, experience that they were still drawn to. Those things are all kind of paraded out in front of you for laughs, but also to kind of maybe nudge you and go, yeah, maybe you're really attached to your phone. You know, maybe you spend too much time on Instagram or whatever. Um, so there's that. Uh, they, they, you know, Jarmusch does a fair amount of that. All in all, um, it's, uh, an hour and 45 minutes. So it's only just outside the Barnes limit. Yeah. Not by, I mean, you make allowances sometimes. Yeah. I think you will be entertained. Um, the visuals, the cinematography are, are well done and the, the makeups and, um, I was going to say the, the effects are all good, except for there's one thing I don't, don't like is that. 
when the zombies are killed, there's like a black dust that sort of poofs out. Hmm. Like if you ever stepped on one of those mushrooms, mushrooms that has the spores that poof out. Yeah. Puff balls, we used to call them. It, it comes out like that, sort of. Hmm. But almost a little more sand-like. Um, I would say that's, you know, the one thing I didn't like. But otherwise, you know, the effects are all really good. And the uh, CG stuff is not excessive. I mean, if it wasn't done practically, at least they, you know, did use CGI judiciously. Uh, so I do recommend it. Okay. And uh, I would say, with one caveat, go in knowing that it's silly. So, um, on you, you love uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yes. So, if someone said, uh, if you love Shaun of the Dead, you might like... You might like this, yes. Um, I would say, the thing about Shaun of the Dead that is so successful is that everything is done... The, the, all the rules are being followed. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's no fourth wall breaking happening in that one. Um I think all the characters are really motivated to do what they need to do. And and the, one of the things that I didn't read in this um, review from this critic from the New York Times was um, he says somewhere in there that there's not, you don't feel the high stakes or the, or the terror that you should feel uh, kind of throughout the movie. And that's the thing is there should be one of those things where if we could just get here, we'll be safe. Mm. Or if we could just go rescue so-and-so, they'll be safe and we'll get somewhere else. There's not exactly that going on. It's like, oh, let's hop in the cop car and do a patrol and just see what we can do. And then Tilda Swinton's character, Zelda, stays behind at the police station. And that's kind of, you know, the thing where they didn't need to go out. They could have, you know, stayed in the bunker, so to speak. And... Uh, I do believe that there was zombie apocalypse, that there, there'd be a lot more people if they had enough drinking water and if they had food, water, and sanitation, they could make it through at least till the first wave is over or at least till you know that you're completely doomed and there's no way out. You know, I think there's, there's absolutely that. But uh, yeah, it, it needed higher stakes and more terror, I think. Uh, and those are not major criticisms. Those are just observations. Like, well, this would have felt better. In Shaun of the Dead, your characters are really like, Shaun says, you know, we need to go get Liz, go get Mum, mm-hmm. and then go to the Winchester where we'll be safe. Yeah, there's a bunch of characters you care about that are in actual yeah. peril. Yeah, those are the two important things. You care about the characters and they are in peril. And uh, that that makes a movie more exciting and you feel invested in it. Yeah, and it really plays the comedy yeah. well against it. It does. And uh, and um, something you know, something we discussed here on the show before is that uh, Shaun of the Dead is has got beautiful symmetry to it. The way you know, the way that the dialogue is reused yes. front to back. And even we meet some similar-looking, almost identical characters <laughs> halfway through the movie, and you know it—it's it, really neat because we're we're treated to some visual stuff and some funny stuff, but the zombies never break character. They never—they mm-hmm. they never not do what a zombie would do, and the humans never wink at the camera. The the living humans never wink at the camera really, and they just look at each other and. You know, there's a lot of those, what the hell are we going to do moments or what the hell are you doing? Or, you know, I'm not going along with this. I'm going to do this instead. There's a lot of that kind of stuff where people are making actual 
decisions in the middle of all that madness. And, uh, and this movie just feels like, uh, yeah, yeah, we're just along for, it's more of a carnival ride. And, uh, Shaun of the Dead is more like a proper haunted attraction that you have to walk through it Mm -hmm. and you're being thrilled and you're being terrified, but it's also going to make you laugh sometimes. Okay. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, Jim Jarmusch is one of my favorite directors and I'm, I'm happy to see that he did this because I do believe maybe he's saying it's a tired genre and it's going to be a silly one just so we can have some fun. I, I suspect that's where his head's at. I haven't read any interviews or, or seen any, any interviews with him where he's said anything to that effect. But if he said that, it wouldn't surprise me because just when there was, we're all sick of it and there was nothing left. We saw the battery and now I've seen, uh, and then trained to Busan mm-hmm. and this, um, uh, black summer. And did you watched that one. I did. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the longer the stretches of no dialogue, the more I enjoyed it because you didn't get much dialogue at all until a few episodes in. And when the characters started having these conversations and making little schemes, I was like, please don't. <laughs> this isn't going to go anywhere good. This is going to turn into Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Oh, was, I hate to insult people who like things, but people, if you're still watching that, what are you doing? The writers just don't care about you. They just want to keep dragging it along until... They stop making money. So there it is. Anywho. Um, so yeah, it's a recommend and just please know it's silly. All right. And Jarmusch has, uh, a lot of great work behind him and probably a lot of great work ahead of him. This is not his best, but it's, uh, it's still fun. If you want to see a really funny one from him, night on earth, uh, mystery train, I find pretty funny too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, Ghost Dog. Yeah, it was excellent. It's, it, it's funny in places where it, it's the characters don't know they're being funny. Right. Yeah. The whole way that uh, that um, oh, what's the the lead in that one? Forrest uh, Whitaker. Forrest, yeah, I was gonna say Forrest Whitaker, but I felt like I had that wrong. Um, the conversations between him and that French ice cream man. Yeah. Where they they're not having the same conversation, but it, then it does sync up several times. Yeah. That kind of stuff is just funny. But um, only lovers left alive. I mean, like we said, uh, the the uh, the characters were uh, just going from one place to another place and nothing really happened. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> In this movie, there should have been more, like, at stake. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, any other questions about it before we say it was a movie one of us watched? <laughs> a movie one of us watched? I would love for next time, if you guys have seen it, that we talk about it a little more before we talk about what the next movie is going to be. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll see if we can do Scream 2 with Ziggy next time. Yeah. Okay. I think that would be great. Uh, actually, I think she said she wanted to do The Craft, and then next time she's on after that, Scream 2. Okay. The so, Craft. All right. Yeah, The Craft. Remember that one? Starring yes. some of the people from Scream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to try to go watch Child's Play. Oh, that's another one I wanted to mention to you guys. I saw uh, Aubrey Plaza, who plays the mom of the little boy in that one. Um, I saw her on Stephen Colbert. And um, she's she's really pretty. 
and uh, you can tell that she's a little peculiar, but she, at some point, I, I went to let one of the dogs out, and I went outside for a second and came back in, and then uh, apparently she was maybe doing some some acting exercise or something where she was pretending to be a cat, and she was crawling on his desk and, like, licking her paws and, like, pawing on him. It was pretty funny. Hmm. But it looked like she was... <laughs> She was really committed to it and wasn't stopping. <clears throat> and uh, Colbert didn't know what to do. But the... but the uh, She was on Ellen last week. Uh, Emily was watching it. And uh, she she had uh, one of those dental brace things, those huge rubber things to hold your, your mouth wide open. <laughs> and then Ellen was getting her to try and explain things. With that but thing she, on? Yeah. But oh, she that's funny. Speak. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah, she's a character, man. She's really a little a little nuts, and I think it's great. But she plays the mom to okay. the little boy, and uh, and the preview they showed looked pretty good. So I'm going to give it a shot. You know, there are some people who are hating mm-hmm. on it already. Well, you haven't seen it. As long as I see Chucky's little <clears throat> feet. <laughs> yep. That's all I care about. That's all you need. His little creepy feet. <laughs> Just padding along. A couple stabbings, maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. some swearing. Yeah. That's all yeah. I ask for from a Chucky film. From from any film. Yeah, really. Oh, really, yeah. Yeah. Little so. feet, some stabbing, yeah. you know. You know, if there also if there comes a point where we, we where we're all ready to see that and talk about it right afterward, uh great, cool. So I, neither I, of you have seen the Godzilla film yet. No. I want to and I I plan to. I hope it's still on movie screens. It's doing well. Good. Um oh, and mo- mostly apparently because the films that came after it have uh, been pretty lame. Oh no! <laughs> Dark Phoenix has died. <clears throat> yeah, they, they made another bad version of the Dark Phoenix story. <laughs> I heard it was very TV movie of the week. Yeah, in quality. Well, it's like it's Lifetime Network. It's like let's do the Dark Phoenix story. Okay, well let's take all that cosmic stuff out of it. Yes. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Let's take the Hellfire Club out of it. All right then. Uh, um, and I'm not opposed to covering the Godzilla movie either. I mean, yeah, I think no. that's I think that's great. Like, if we can still see it within the next week. Yeah. And uh, if any of these movies, like Godzilla or this, what is this? Is what is, this, is this Chucky movie being called Chucky or is it being it's called Child's Play? They are calling it Child's Play. It's the reboot of Child's Play. Yeah. Okay. Um, if any of those, we've all been able to conspire to see them. Uh, and or if Ziggy has also seen them. Mm. And for listeners who are new to the show, that's uh, some friends of mine's 16-year-old daughter who's a big horror fan who has joined us several times. And uh, she's got some good insights. Yes. I, I just dig the fact that she's the right age like to be getting into horror. Well, yeah. she's been in it for a couple of years, but um, I, was, I was her age when I was seeing stuff that I shouldn't have been seeing. And, uh, well, I don't believe I shouldn't have been seeing it, but... I was that age when I was seeing stuff. Yeah. Like uh, Friday the 13th and Halloween and stuff that parents might be a little freaked out by. So um, let's uh, let's suppose that next time very well might be The Craft. All right. And listeners, just go see all those movies we just talked about. All of them. Just all, <laughs> One those, day. Like those five movies. Yeah. Godzilla. Go if you can't manage any others, then Killer Workout. Killer Workout. On yeah, Amazon, watch Killer Workout. Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah. If you have Prime, it's free to you. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Should we call it a show? Let's call it a show. 
Hey, listeners, thank you for listening. Keep off the moors. <laughs>